Hypersonic Ultra Maximum High Definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes. It's the Cinema Geekly Podcast, featuring all of the people's names I wasn't paid enough to say in this intro. We own ya, we own ya. Tell the world to sit suck a dick because we own ya. Tell the government to suck a dick because we own ya. Tell the president to suck a dick because we own ya. We own ya, we own ya. Tell the world to sit suck a dick because we own ya. It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 169, brought to you by the good people of Fandango. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Fandango, or click the Fandango link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or get a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Lots of stuff in the theaters. I'm joined by Glenn Beauvais this week. Glenn, you are going to be seeing Annihilation, right? Yeah, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that is in theaters. Black Panther, uh, which is going to be our prime topic of conversation this week, it's in theaters. Game Night. Uh, that's kind of it for what's in theaters right now. But A Wrinkle in Time, you can pre-order your tickets for that. Are you interested in that, Glenn? As a as a often uh, viewer of Disney films, uh, not really. Yeah, that one isn't uh, appealing all that much to me as well. Uh, anything I, you are looking for me for. is when it comes to that kind of stuff, I like it to be more mature. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I usually don't like live action things with kids. Yeah, it's always a, like, it's fine. Yeah, it's a crapshoot <laughs> with the live action for sure. Is there anything like, you are that? Uh, I was going to say love it, story that's it, out. It is. Oh, the. You're talking. I think about it's called movie. Every Day or whatever. It's the one every where, day. Like, yep. The one where the kid is a different kid every day. Is that what that is? Yeah, like the kid wakes up and it's like in a different kid's body. That seems strange. It has to be like, I guess it's within like a couple blocks Mm -hmm. or something that they're in. I don't know. It it has something to do with they got to be close. Like they got to be close to proximity and they just, their consciousness goes into that person and so they live that person's life for a day. Mm hmm. And it falls in love with some girl, and so like it's just a different kid every day that she makes out with. The AV Club didn't like it, but they pretty much hate everything. I think it looks really stupid, so I yeah. don't really blame them for. Christy Lemire from RogerEbert.com says it's a nice idea within nutty packaging. So, <laughs> you're uh, right, just, it looks weird. That just looks stupid. Uh, let's talk about a couple of things before we start talking about Black Panther. Uh, in the last episode, we talked about a bunch of trailer stuff, but one trailer that we neglected to talk about was the teaser trailer for Venom. Do you, uh, did you, have you actually watched this, Glenn, the Venom teaser trailer with Tom Hardy? Yeah, I watched it once. Yeah, me too as well. Uh, surprisingly, more than enough times that I needed to see it in order to actually recall what happens in it, which is... Not much. Yeah, it was a lot of black. What do you think of what do you think of doing a teaser trailer for Venom without even really teasing Venom? Is that a little weird? Well, I mean, uh I I remember very, 
vividly the first trailer for The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And it was a couple of lines from the main characters. Yes. And all it was was the bat symbol, like, starting to explode, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that was the first trailer. And it was cool, because you got to hear some lines, got to figure out, oh, this is what Heath Ledger is going to sound like. Oh, I, I don't know. I can kind of, but, it, you know, just, just a little hint. He did a laugh in it. Mm-hmm. And this, like, yeah, it's different, because Venom's a visual character, so I need to see what he's going to look like. Yeah. So that, that's what's weird. I mean, I know they just finished shooting, so I'm sure they don't want to show something that looks really bad, render-wise. Yes. So. You get, like, one shot of what appears to be the symbiote goo in, like, a container or something. And uh, then the rest of it is, you know, Tom Hardy... Yeah, the cat scan, right? Yeah, yeah, acting with his face. Lots of... I mean, he's uh, good at it. He's lots good. Of, lots of facials, yes. Uh, and that's kind of it. It seems like it, look, I know a lot of people were really upset at this because they didn't even give you a glimpse of Venom, but I mean, I'm still pretty reserved about how the, I mean, this could be a totally fine movie. I have no idea. This, it's this, a teaser. This I is, mean... this is such a teaser. It's, I think sometimes people might get a little bit spoiled by what they call teaser trailers, but really they show you a lot in those teaser trailers. And this is a teaser trailer where they really didn't show you much of anything. To be honest, I was surprised that we even got it. Cause as you noted, they just finished. They haven't been done for all that long. And for them to put out something so quickly for wide release, like not a, you know, not a hall H comic con thing, but like an actual put it out there to the world teaser trailer was pretty surprising in and of itself. I wasn't expecting to see something this early, so uh, I wasn't surprised that we didn't get much, but I understand people who are kind of upset, because you're right, Venom is a very visual character, and to not even get, like, a hint of what he might look like is, uh, you know, I can see why people would be upset. I'm not turned off from this movie, though, Glenn. Are you Are you turned off yet? I know it's I know Marvel Studios, this is a Sony Marvel movie without Marvel Studios' involvement in it, in the Spider-Verse. And I do believe Tom Holland is going to be in this movie, correct? Like, cameoing or something? I'm pretty yeah, sure maybe. I read I mean, I don't really care, so... I'm positive I read something about him being in this, despite it not being part of the MCU. Which also seems weird to me. I don't know why they just wouldn't do it, given how successful Spider-Man Homecoming was, but... To each their own, I suppose. Uh, are you are you still going to give this a shot? I'm sure you will. Yeah, I, I mean, if Tom Hardy's in something, he's good. I'm willing to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking I mean, of, I saw you... that one spy movie with him and Chris Pine fighting over Reese Witherspoon. So was that good? Spot any? Huh? Was that Did good? I like it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it was it was eh. But Tom Hardy pulled you into it because Tom Hardy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. no, well, this is you know, this is right after he did. Um, it's right after Bronson. There's mm-hmm. something. Uh, it was Tinker Taylor when I, he was in Tinker Taylor. I think right before that too. And I was like, yeah. I like this guy. Mm-hmm. Who is he? He's pretty talented. That man. Yeah, he's pretty good at his job. Uh, I of course remember him 
from Star Trek Nemesis, where he played yeah, well, a clone it was of one Patrick of those, Like you don't, I didn't realize it was him because I saw yeah. Nemesis so long ago. Yeah, and he's so tiny in that he's very thin. Yeah, and it's not he's not like the buffed up Tom Hardy that we've come to know. Warrior, that's what it was. I saw him in Warrior and was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy is really good. That's the MMA movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. that movie's great. Uh, so we were talking about the Joker. Yeah. Uh, there's this news about possibly, maybe, perhaps Joaquin Phoenix to play the Joker in one of these non-canonical DC movies where apparently they're just going to make all the movies they can think of and everyone's going to play various characters and they're not all necessarily tied together. It seems very confusing, but what do you think of the idea of Joaquin Phoenix playing a version of the Joker. If that I mean, ever even happens, of course. I'm 100% okay with not having something be canon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I keep saying it, you know, it's just like the James Bond thing. Like, it it can work. I don't think, you know, having changed the lead every couple of movies, I don't think you're going to confuse people uh, and having just standalone event. I mean, it's kind of like what they do with their animated movies they have like a canon storyline uh which isn't so great with those movies but their regular standalone ones are great i mean the last one i just watched the gotham by gaslight was really good i liked it a lot Mm -hmm. uh and then their next big ones that anime that they have coming out and (laughs) speaking of jokers the guy who plays uh buster bluth uh tony hale is voicing the joker in that uh in the anime one, you know, which, Mother. which is the things, you know, I've been saying is I'm, I'd rather them take some risks yeah. and do something different than trying to copy a formula or doing something really vanilla and bland. Sure. Uh, and it so is- if they want to do all these offshoots, fine. And Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, I, I love Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, he is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Mm-hmm. So... I think he's got the chops to do it. It's just weird that he's a mumbler and the yeah. you know Joker's usually pretty loud. So yeah. he I mean I I I just think it's fascinating. Well, I mean it's fascinating in a couple ways cuz like you I also really like Joaquin Phoenix. Uh his uh his performance in Gladiator is still one of my favorites. I I think he's really really good. And I actually when this news popped up. I'm like, oh man, he seems like a kind of a maybe a low key brilliant choice to do this. I just think it's fascinating because it's sort of antithetical to how studios tend to think when it comes to how they're marketing things, especially when we're talking about things as big as comic book characters. And they're going to have this weird cross pollination going, not really cross pollination, but they're going to have like two different Jokers in theaters played by two different characters, probably doing two completely different versions. Uh, and I'm not saying that's not going to work it, and it won't cause any real confusion, but there are people out there like me who long for cohesiveness in stuff like this. When you're building like big worlds, uh, I just think it's more, to me, it's more fascinating that they're even going to entertain the idea of doing it. I mean, I feel just... like if you're going to world build, that's the 
safer way to go. Yeah. I I just think it's weird that they're going to do, that they're just going to go about it this way, which feels messy, but, I mean, everything in the DC stuff, everything in that film universe right now feels like it's a bunch of cats in a bag right now. It just feels so... uh, chaotic it feels like they're announcing new movies left and right and movies are then getting dropped off and people are coming in and then people are leaving and then oh did you hear they're making this movie now too and it feels so weird compared to how uh like i guess how like factory sealed everything marvel does uh comes across like it feels like they have a plan here is the plan and look, here's the assembly line. You can see it all literally being put together and being churned out. Well, and this is feels... what happens when you fail. So. I guess. And, uh, you know, you have a new guy in charge. And, mm-hmm. you know, he comes from movies that have smaller budgets yep. that were super success- successful. Mm-hmm. And probably with these movies, if they're doing standalones, they might not have the budgets that they did on the other ones, which I'm also okay with. Um, yes. I mean, there's a way to do smaller movies and it'd be just as fascinating um, as will you'll, some of my gripes with Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely talk about in a minute. But I think there's, to me, there's just a real opportunity to, to do good character work. Yeah. For Which is something they, they have forgotten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, these new movies, I mean, you talk about it, you know, or they, you know, brought it up in the honest trailer, you know, what they did with Wonder Woman, which is completely different, mm-hmm. almost. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I, I really do think they, they just need a, yeah, a complete overhaul and start from scratch. And I don't, I don't know if maybe they're like, well, you know, some people like these who don't want to lose, you know, we have this base. You know, however small it is, you're still making money off of that base. You you know, maybe if they're wanting to do just not put too much money into it as they have been. Yeah. Be like, look, if we can make, you know, just like they did with Logan, cut the budget in half. And if we can make 500, it's the same thing as if we made a billion. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm going to stay. I mean, I like the Joaquin Phoenix possibility, but I'm going to stand by. Well, that isn't like the whole thing is Jake Gyllenhaal pretty much like. As if Ben Affleck just says, "Yeah, I'm done," like the, he's pretty much cast. Gyllenhaal comes in, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Which is uh, again, there. like he's kind of been out of the spotlight for bigger movies. You know, he started doing a lot of smaller stuff, and honestly, no, if I see it because I know how tall he is, not that he's like super short or anything, but uh, knowing that Ben Affleck is just a mountain of a man, <laughs> especially when he works out and isn't fat. Uh, then he's a mudslide of a man. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it's just... I, I I like these new casting choices that they came, seem to be spitballing because they're interesting choices. Yeah, Kind of like how Marvel first started off with some of theirs. It's like, oh, Robert Downey Jr.? I mean, granted, that happened because Tom Cruise turned it down, but... Uh, yeah. You know, he wasn't a nobody. People knew who he was. It's just, you know, when you go to jail for... A year and a half, it's kind of hard to get your career back on track. So, no, I think I think they could really have a they have a really good opportunity, and it, it is. I hope they don't waste it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so <laughs> so Marvel started off with the interesting 
you know, choices for their leads, but then eventually got around to just having like Robert Redford in their movies. Like they just started. Well, which is know, still pretty interesting. Well, I no, mean, no, no, no. Yeah. They, I'm, I'm just saying they went from like, close. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they, well, I mean, they went from like, Oh, well that's an interesting choice to be a lead in the movie to like, you got these guys to be in your movie. Yeah. You know, like that's the, you know, and that's success speaking. Uh, I'm look, I'm still going to stand by it. I don't know if, I don't know if you would agree or not, but I'm still sort of waiting for them to do a Joker movie where they cast Crispin Glover. Uh, I, I, I don't know. There's something about that guy. No, nah, they never do it. Don't think so. I think he could be, I know Aaron said it too. I think he could be a good Riddler. Yeah. Oh, good Riddler as well, yeah. His middle name is apparently Hellion. So. Yeah, but Kirsten, Kirsten Glover's getting old. He is, he is. He's uh, 53. Yeah. So, yeah, he'd have to play like, it'd have to be like Old Man Joker or something, but. I I mean, it's not like Joaquin's no, Joaquin chicken anymore either. Yeah, I'm not sure how old Joaquin is, but I don't I don't think he's like 53. I think he's younger than that. But yeah, I, he's, I think he's in his. 40s? Early 40s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, speaking of that uh, that wonderfully chaotic DC universe, Josh, uh, Josh, not Josh, Josh Whedon exits the Batgirl movie where he literally says that he was basically fired and that he didn't have a really, he didn't really have a story, which seems odd, Considering there's never been a Batgirl movie before, it seems like I'm getting the sense that it wasn't because he didn't really have a story. Do you get that sense? I mean, it may have been just been they didn't. But it's weird because usually they would say, "Oh, we had different creative decisions." You know, like, uh, "Oh, what's his name? The guy who did Baby Driver." Whenever uh, he left, right. Ant Man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was just differences. He didn't want to have to spoon feed all the mm-hmm. can- canonical things that they wanted. Sure. Uh, there's uh, also there's also the 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 less scrupulous side of things, suggesting that Whedon's work on Justice League and Justice League's reception may have cooled waters. Uh, I know he's gotten in some spats with some people on Twitter sometimes about things. Yeah. Uh none of that's particularly uh helped his public image at times. I, I to be honest, I mean maybe he maybe there were creative differences, but his it was just weird that he said I didn't really have a story, which felt like he he just tried to think up a story for Batgirl but he just couldn't, which doesn't sound quite right to me. Since there's literally all the Batgirl stories that have never been told in movies, because none of them have ever been told in movies, really, unless you count uh, Alicia Silverstone's run in Batman and Robin, uh, then I guess there has been at least one Batgirl story told, which I don't think uh, they're in any worry of. Uh, would, I don't think there's any concern that they would ha- they couldn't top that. So yeah, it just feels like a weird exit, but. At the same time, I feel like this is happening a lot with these DC movies. I I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like I've heard... God, I don't know. It feels like they've got like 12, 12 to 15 movies in the pipeline. 
Well, I think that was the thing is, you know, we've talked about it before with them trying to play catch up and yeah, yeah. making all these announcements, maybe not even really being like, oh, you know what, this sounds good. What about this movie? What about this movie? Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, some of them are getting made. Uh, but it's just trying to get people's interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they've had uh, The Rock under contract for what, how many years now for a Black oh, yeah. Adam thing? They still haven't even haven't put him in a movie. Yeah. And he's apparently not even going to be in the Shazam movie. He's going to be the bad guy in Suicide Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what he's supposed to be the bad guy in. And it's like, but. And that's how they talked about forever was the Shazam movie with The Rock as Black Adam. Like, that's been the talk for, like, three or four years, it feels yeah. like. Uh, yeah, they do feel sort of... Rudderless. I mean, they're filming it. It's happening. I mean, we're getting Aquaman in Christmas mm-hmm. time. So, I mean... They are indeed. Some of these. And uh, I really feel like, uh, you know, they just hired the direct... They just hired more directors for The Flash. Mm-hmm. And they said they haven't started working on the movie yet because their contract isn't done yet. Yeah. So, I don't I know. Have, I have no level of excitement for the Aquaman movie. I had a modicum of excitement for Justice League. It was tepid, but it was coming off of the goodwill from Wonder Woman, which uh, the trailers actually did a good job of making me think it was going to be good. So I went in ca- cautiously optimistic and was very happy with how that turned out. And uh, that that brought some tepid optimism for me for Justice League. And, well, you know, and we talked about it on the show, Justice League wasn't a bad movie, but it was kind of just a their movie. Yeah. Which, in the scope of doing a Justice League movie, like is It's going to be on TNT in six months, and that's yeah. where it's going to live. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in that movie they were supposed to build up all these characters and they didn't really do that good of a job. I just, I'm not that excited for, um, you know, as they called him in the honest trailer, bro Sidon, King of the Brosian. And it might be good. Might I'm just more curious than I am interested. Excited, yeah. Like, you know, how will it, how will it turn out? Will it be surprisingly good? Will it matter even? I At hope it point. isn't as glossy as it looked in Justice League. Yeah. Hopefully. Like, whoever did the, the visual effects mm-hmm. for uh, that movie, I don't care if they had a short time span. Mm-hmm. And I get that that war movie that Superman was making were kind of being dicks about the mustache thing. <laughs> uh, and whatever. Like, faces are going to be hard anyway, so that was going to look bad regardless. Yep. Uh, but the other CGI, I don't think they have an excuse for. Like, yeah, they all was, should just be fired. There was or downgraded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy, because it's not like the first Avengers movie, which Joss Whedon did, didn't have a shit ton of CGI. But weirdly enough, because CGI always looks best when it's dark. It hides a lot of the flaws. And a lot of that CGI in the Avengers was all in the daytime. You could tell so much hard work was put into that. A lot of it looked really good. And it's still, even though the film is a few years old, it still mostly looks pretty good with the exception of a couple of areas where it's super duper obvious. Uh, But yeah, this movie was boatloads of CGI and it was all in the dark. So much of it was in the dark. Uh that's usually a sign that they're trying to hide some... I know this whole universe is darker 
in tone and, and all the things, but that's uh, also a good way to hide not amazing CGI. And so much of it was in the dark. And God, now that I got like more looks at Steppenwolf, he looks worse than I remember him looking. <laughs> yeah. It's really awful. It's just, it's just not good. Um, look, I, there's no point in asking if you're still excited in seeing a Batgirl movie or not. Lord knows if this will even get made. There's so many of these movies they've talked about that I'm, I'm not sure even, uh, they, I mean, how, how much talk was there around Gotham City Sirens? Is that even happening anymore? Who knows? I have no idea. There was so much talk about that. I have no idea if it's even going on. There was talk about the Joker Harley solo movie or uh, just a Harley solo movie. I don't think any of this stuff is coming to fruition at any... There's a Green Lantern Corps that they announced, but I haven't heard any talk about that. It's, you know... So I'd ask if you're excited about this Batgirl movie, but what's what's the point right now until... Yeah, I mean, I really think it is more the, cemented. Yeah. the changing of the guard. And whatever movies they had in production... They're just going to go through the... I, I really wouldn't be surprised if we didn't hear anything for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And once they see kind of how, like, how's Aquaman going to be and Shazam, you know, coming out soon. Like, how do those two do? And depending yeah. on how those projects go, then then we'll go from there. Okay. Do you want me to... I think we've done this before, but the list has grown. Would you like the list of... This, inclu- this is including upcoming and in-development... Movies. No, I don't need the list. I think we like should you do said, the list. so many of them are just not going to happen. I think we should do the list. Just for the point, pointing out how many that these movies are listed as in development, so they've been announced by DC or Warner Brothers or somebody. You know what? You know what's funny? Hmm. Because you, the list thing, before getting into it, hmm. when they announce all these movies, it sounds like the people... Whenever I hear interviews yes. um, about box office and that kind of stuff, all they say is, oh, all any people wants to see is superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a cape on it, it's going to make a shitload of cash. Yeah, uh, That's the only way. You, you can't get pictures made for this amount. You can only get them. They either have to be micro budgets, you know, something under 10, or they have to be above 100. That's the only way you can make a movie. Um, and that's where, like, these announcements of DC movies is Warner Brothers being like, yeah, that's the only thing people want to see are these. Mm-hmm. Not understanding how the market is. Not so much like... I I mean, I've said it. Like I, I liked Black Panther. Uh, mm-hmm. But I what? have been feeling superhero fatigue for a while. Mm-hmm. And some of it's, you know, watching all the shows and this and that. It's just... Uh, but if you give people variety, then it's okay if they have capes on. Well, here's a lot of the there's same a, thing. There's a lot of variety in here, but it's in, it'll be interesting to see how much of any of this gets. But made. it probably wouldn't be. I mean, because again, I Perhaps. think the people who were previously in charge just Perhaps. were looking at just basics of you know maybe trying to not necessarily carpal, copy the Marvel formula, but yeah, what people keep saying you know or the criticisms that we have for Marvel is they play safe this way because they just follow what they do. Mm-hmm. Um. But all their movies are okay to pretty good. Yeah, I, I uh, wouldn't say any of them are super amazing. Besides two or three, which you know, out of twenty-eight movies, is pretty good. Yeah, uh, most of them I think are good to pretty good. Yeah, 
Uh, well, I mean, we'll just take those suits. Just didn't know what to do. I mean, we'll if you're talking about the Marvel movies. I mean, I'll disagree with you slightly to that point. I think there's a lot of them are very good. Uh, and if Aaron were here, he would disagree with me and think that a lot of them are way better than very good. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, I think some of that has to do with taste. I don't sure, sure, sure. specifically watch genre things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's that's where I live. I da- I dabble in the outside stuff. Um, oh, okay, so this is what's upcoming. So these are movies that have gotten to the stage where they have at least been given a release year. Uh, Aquaman 2018, which, by the way, as far as I can tell, is the only DC extended universe, cinematic universe, whatever movie, to be released in 2018. Uh, Shazam is scheduled for a 2019 release. Wonder Woman 2 is scheduled for a 2019 release. And then here on the tail end, you have Cyborg and Green Lantern Corps still listed for 2020, although I've heard no talk about either of those movies. Uh, Whereas Wonder Woman shot up from obscurity into getting a movie for 2019. I'm guessing because of how well it was received and how well it did. Uh, so I don't, I don't blame them there. Uh, these yeah, are the but movies... I mean, are they even bringing back um, Patty, Patty Jenkins? Jenkins. Yeah. She is going to be back. Yep. She said that she was going to be directing the sequel. So oh, okay. that should be pretty good. Uh, this is what's in development. Uh, so these have been movies that have been announced by DC Warner Brothers and have not reached the stage where they've even been given a release year yet. Okay, so here we go. Batgirl, The Batman, Black Adam, Flashpoint, Gotham City Sirens, Justice League Dark, Nightwing, Suicide Squad 2, and then the Trail of Untitleds, Untitled Bird of Prey film. Untitled Deadshot film, Untitled Deathstroke film, Untitled Harley Quinn film, Untitled The Joker and Harley Quinn film, Untitled Justice League sequel, Untitled Lobo film, and Untitled Man of Steel sequel. Oh, isn't Michael Bay rumored to do Lobo? Oh my goodness. I mean, <laughs> as much as I like, I don't like it at the same time, I, I, I get mean, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I 100% understand. Yes. If anything, it should be George Miller, because... Oh, yeah, yeah. shit. I mean, I think you should really give George Miller any of these movies, and I uh, think it would probably... Like that Justice better. League movie he was supposed to do? Oh, yeah. yeah Where I've he hand-picked Army Hammer to be Batman? Mm-hmm. I don't think that would be a bad choice at all. No. I mean, this is before he became super famous. Yeah. Was this before Social Network? Uh-huh. Oh. Good eye, then. Yeah, no, uh, right? But yeah, that's just, I mean, look, this is not to, this is just to give a sense of how chaotic it feels. I, I know there's some stuff I think in the Marvel pipeline, but if we look at it, I think all of those movies have release years, if not dates already. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I can think of that they really changed was the inhuman stuff. Yes, that is the only thing. And then they tried to salvage it, making it a mini series, which I think is, I mean, look, somebody might argue, but I think it is undoubtedly the worst thing that they have produced. I couldn't make it past the second episode. It was really not good. And I can't imagine it could have been good as a... Uh, I can't imagine it would have been good as a as a film. But uh, let me see here. So let's see what is... 
future movies. So, yeah, everything, uh, future projects all have years or dates attached. So, Avengers Infinity War, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp for 2018 releases, Captain Marvel is a 2019 release, the second half of the Infinity War, whatever they're going to end up calling that, Untitled Avengers movie, 2019, Untitled Spider-Man Homecoming sequel, 2019, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, 2020. Uh, there is an other potentials project, and I think the only thing, I think the only true thing that's gained any traction from that, that might get made, that doesn't have anything really attached to it, like a year or anything like that, is the, uh, the Black Widow movie, which has been gaining traction as a thing that looks like it's probably going to end up getting made. Um, and I think that might be, so they have one potential film that doesn't have a year attached to it yet, but everything else does. And uh, yeah, that's just the, the contrast between the two, one struggling to, to have, I mean, I think now, maybe, maybe you'll disagree, but I think now they're at the throwing shit at the wall stage and they're just hoping to get a hit on something. Cause right now what they've been doing with the exception of wonder woman hasn't really hit. So mm, maybe, Maybe one of these, uh, these off, uh, maybe one of these out of universe movies, like the, the walk, potential Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Maybe that'll be the thing that they're, that they're missing. Maybe it'll be something like that. Uh, the Oscars, Glenn, there's a bunch of nominees. They're going to be, uh, presented, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel for the second time. It'll be on ABC on March 4th. Uh, is there anything that sticks out to you in uh, the nominations this year? Oh, I've seen all the best picture nominees. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think is the best? Or what do you think is the best movie? And what do you think is the one that's going to win? Uh, that is, that is the that's the actual question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I think will win. I mean, a lot of people been crap it on three billboards and I, i've seen it twice now and i will say uh it is not so smooth the second go around um really yeah i it's kind i will say some of the you know jokes after is it a like serious crash? part it just doesn't no no not like that i just mean like okay the whole thing is it's like a dark comedy so mm-hmm. it's you know, uh, kind of like how BoJack's really funny and sad at the same time. Yeah, uh, they kind of do that, but it doesn't. Uh, the pacing is definitely weird at a couple of times, mm-hmm. where it's like you're waiting for the laugh track and there's just no sound, like a joke kind of landed flat. Yeah. Uh, so having seen it twice, it's definitely the feeling I got the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's won all the other things up until this point, so it might yeah. get it. My personal favorite of the nine, I love "Call Me by Your Name." Mm-hmm. I, I've I've also seen it twice, and I thought it was more enjoyable the second time. Yeah. Uh, and I I just the the soundtrack of that movie's great. It'll put you to sleep if you aren't careful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, Chip Rodder was pretty good. It's just uh. I don't think it's as great as people make it out to be. It's definitely a little strange. Um, sure. It is unique. I will say this year, a lot of the movies are like unique love stories. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Shape of Water is a kind of like that Phantom Thread. It was surprisingly yep. funnier than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I thought it was pretty. It, it's weird that it's Daniel Day Lewis's last movie. <laughs> it's, it's just it's weird that's <laughs> it the one he's going to choose to go out on. I don't mean I mean. it in a bad way. It's just you know he's Daniel Day Lewis and it's, yeah. yeah. He's fucking Abraham Lincoln and Bill the Butcher and yeah, it's definitely more low key. He's great. Sure. I mean, whoever plays his sister is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all of these I will say are pretty good. I thought I think the post and Darkest Hour are by far like thank you. They should just be thankful they are in there. Yeah. Because uh, to me, I thought those were, out of the nine, those are by far the two worst. Mm-hmm. And Dunkirk is, you know, visually stunning. I think it should win everything that has to do with practical effects. Yes. Uh, the only that, one of the nine I have seen. And uh, I loved Lady Bird. Everybody my, did. Uh, huh? I, I was going to say everybody did love Lady yeah, Bird. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely one of those that, like... I mean, you have a daughter. I would definitely encourage you to have your daughter watch it. Because mm-hmm. uh, it is a... It, it, I had heard Greta Gerwig say that she was really inspired by Clueless when she watched uh, when she was writing the movie, mm-hmm. and you can see instances in they're very different, but it is yeah. it is kind of like an updated version of Clueless in a way, not not really because they like look and act like actual kids, mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of in that vein of like teen comedies. I thought it was excellent. But I, th- I personally, I think Get Out should win. Um, mm-hmm. I know we left it on. I know I left it off of my top ten list. Yep. Uh, and I had only seen it once, and I, I need to see it again uh, because I, I felt like I, I just saw it right after everyone said it was like the greatest thing ever, and so mm-hmm. it's one of those where my expectations were high. They, they didn't yeah. meet my expectations, but it's one of those. The more I sit and think about it the little moments that they do are great. You know, it Jackie Brown itself, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So I, uh, when, when voting, uh, when trying when doing a Oscars prediction contest in an attempt to win free movies for a year from my local theater, oh, that's cool. uh, I just went with, uh, having only seen Dunkirk. I didn't go with Dunkirk. I went with what I thought was the most Oscar Beatty sounding one which of course is three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which sounds like the most Oscar Beatty one and also has one of those titles that just sounds like a pretentious Oscar award-winning film. Well, I mean, uh, it's from the guy who made in Bruges, so I wouldn't, mm-hmm. which is another Oscars Oscar winning sounding film title. Well, have uh, you ever seen in Bruges? I've, I don't think I've seen in Bruges. No. Yeah. It's I, what, not an Oscar Beatty movie. <laughs> No, but the name sounds the the name is the name. It's got one of those names like Chocolat. Uh, it's just got one of those names. Well, I mean, it's in a place. It, <laughs> I mean, like uh, to me, Phantom Thread. I mean, that's an Oscar Beatty sounded movie. It is, especially when you, especially well, because on, on also the Shape of Water is also. Oh shit! Like, you're right. I don't, I don't know there. why it's called that movie. It's a yeah. pretty title, but. Well, I mean, isn't Abe Sapien in it from the Hellboy movies? Yeah, pretty much. Playing Abe Sapien, essentially? Yeah, having sex with the mute girl? Yeah. yeah I mean, like that a, happens. So, he's, yeah. a fish, he's a fish man, so he's from the water. Uh, yeah. I, I picked Daniel Day-Lewis for lead actor. I don't know if he's going to get it, but 
my go-to is if Daniel Day-Lewis is nominated for Best Actor, he's probably going to win it. So uh, I, a lot of a lot of steam around Gary Oldman. There is. He's the one who's won the others. So and Gary Oldman is great. I know he's great in that movie. I just the movie's kind of a, it's. It should have been two hours long, and that was Denzel. like the, that's the thing with like the post is the post wasn't that wasn't even two hours long. It felt like it was four, but it was not even two hours long. I love Denz. I love Denzel getting nominated for that uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire movie he's in because I'm pretty sure that movie's not nominated for jack shit else, <laughs> yeah. which means he tried his hardest in a really bad movie, and either <laughs> they're just like. Wow, this movie was awful, but he seemed really great in it. Because uh, this thing did not get... I don't think it got any nominations for anything else, yet, weirdly enough, Best Performance by a Lead Actor nominated. Um, anything else uh, stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, it's going to probably be three billboards, Lady Bird or Get Out. Those are kind of like the three favorites, I would say. Because a lot Boss. of people want Get Out to get it. Do you, think Boss, do you think Boss Baby takes home Best Animated Feature? I know Coco's going to win, but... Yeah, it's probably Coco or the Vincent Van Gogh movie, just for the fact that... Loving they, Vincent, yes. They did the... I mean, I want to see it just because they did the whole movie that way, which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. to me. Uh, oh, I mean, like, leading actor... I don't know, I feel like it's Gary Oldman's to lose it. I mean, that kid yeah. who's in Call Me By Your Name's also in Lady Bird... Man, that guy, dude, like, he's going to be the next thing. Uh, the uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy that uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon got nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, just seeing how ridiculously excited Kumail was on Twitter when this happened, he just, I think he went on one of those really long Twitter threads just talking about how, I'd, you know, he grew up in... Uh, grew up in another country, like a movie lover and never would have imagined that one day he'd be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, I don't think they're going to win because they're going up against some pretty tough competition, but it's pretty cool that they got nominated. What do you think about the cinematography battle? For me, Glenn, it comes down to Dunkirk and Blade Runner 2049. Those are two really heavy hitters. Yeah. I feel like to me, I would get I mean, it's Roger Deakins. He's never won. Yeah. I feel like Dunkirk should win. Yeah, I mean, it look, I mean, look, I'm not even gonna disagree. Uh, I I, ne- I never finished Blade Runner 2049. I I need to, uh, but uh, it looked and it looked amazing. But Dunkirk is just I don't know on a whole other scale. I, I just yeah, I, thought it was in, I thought it was incredible. I mean, out of the screenplays, like best original, I think Get Out should win it. Uh, because Big Sick, they improvised a lot. So to me, that's how good... I mean, it's a good framework, but I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure Baby Driver is actually going to take home at least one of the two sound awards. Yeah, but like... Probably sound, sound editing. Dunkirk is pretty excellent. It is. But I'm pretty sure Baby Driver is going to get at least one. And I'm thinking it'll be sound editing. Because so much of the movie is driven around literally editing the picture to the music and the music to the picture, uh, I have a feeling that it'll at least win that one. E- either that or sound mixing. It's nominated for both, as is Dunkirk. Yeah, and I think Dunkirk should win for film editing. Mm. I mean, I haven't uh, seen Baby Driver 
or I, Tanya. Uh, but three billboards, there's some clunky stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like The Shape of Water, but I just don't feel like he did anything, like, super flashy with it. Mm-hmm. Even, like, I know he's kind of going for, like, an old school style of cinema. So, like, to me, like, they felt like they were on a set all the time and that kind of stuff, which is fine. Like, I don't mind that. It, it to me, it works in the the aesthetics of kind of like the innocence of it. Um, even though you see masturbation scenes and angry sex with <laughs> Michael Shannon and his wife and everything, you, everything a moviegoer would want. Yeah, yeah, it, it's like it is. I would say, just be open to the idea of seeing it. And visual effects is tough, uh, but uh, I don't think so. For me, honestly, uh, for me, it it would boil down to Blade Runner and Last Jedi, which I thought were the best out of the ones listed here. Uh, the two that looked the best, I think, in terms of a visual effects. We're oh, no, the no, 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 no. That that scene of her in space is that looked so bad. You think so? I didn't think it looked bad. No, it looked horrible. Right. I, and it was dumb, but it looked horrible. Uh, okay, look, we're not going to talk about how <laughs> not dumb Leia using the Force was. Uh, look, I'll just be happy as long as Kong Skull Island doesn't get this award. No, because I don't think that movie looked that good. I don't think it looked that good. Um, I don't know, just looking at I mean, War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I mean, look, the, the work they do on the apes in that movie is always top-notch and stupendous but i think it probably gets lost in the flash the i mean it's not like blade runner is flashy but it's design the the visuals in that movie yeah i think it's to me it's more of like the world building in that like the Mm. the the aesthetics of everything is what makes it pretty yep i mean just the scene alone of the uh rendering of the white of the ai and the (laughs) hooker is (laughs) yeah i mean Super pretty. Uh, so before we head and on, best I'll... makeup should be darkest hour because for love of God you forget that it's <laughs> it is Gary Oldman under there disappears. Yeah, I mean that's uh, what he does. Before we leave, let's talk a little bit about Black Panther, which you and I have both seen. Uh, it is doing stunningly well in the box office department. In fact, I do believe. Uh, I think it's opening weekend, put it about f- fifth or something in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's only continued to grow after its first week. Uh, it is the highest domestic-grossing Marvel movie after its first week, even beating out the first Avengers movie, which is pretty wacky. What's uh, number one? Would not have... Well, I think the fr- uh, um, well, like in the MCU... Uh, for uh, one for first week, it's now Black Panther. The number one was the first oh, Avengers okay, I'm movie. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The number one was the first Avengers movie, and Black Panther has overtaken it, which is crazy. Because uh, you know, obviously, we know that movie was uh, gargantuan, and obviously, this one is going to be as well. Uh, so far, it seems to be. Pretty damn well received. Uh, it's sitting at a ninety-eight percent on the tomato meter with an eight point two out of ten, with around three hundred and thirty-five reviews. 
what did you think of the latest installment into the MCU? This is like the 19th movie or something, I think, or the 18th or something like that. Oh, he's by far the best bad guy they've had. Uh, Killmonger? Michael B. Yes. Jordan? Yeah. yeah. And the reason being is he wasn't wrong. Uh, and he believed mm-hmm. he wasn't wrong, which to me is super compelling. Uh, yep. And a villain. Mm-hmm. His solution was super extreme and and wrong, but uh, yeah, that's the only way to do the whole villain isn't wrong story is that his solution is that it's so far out there that you can't endorse him. You saw Mission Impossible Four, right? Nope, the I Brad Bird one. I have not seen it. Oh, okay, because uh, they like the ex- it's really similar, um, in and what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, in a way, very broad strokes. It just, it was when I was watching like, Oh, I had a, which even like the casino scene had a very mission impossible vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Not, not really James Bond, but it felt really mission impossible, which it, to me is a good thing. Cause the last two have been excellent. Uh, uh one thing that I really liked is they didn't refer to them as white people. They would call them colonists, and I love colonizers. Yeah. Colonizers. I thought that was incredible mm-hmm. because to me, it wasn't so much like white people suck. It was white people suck because of this, and just that little, little bit of nuance to that. I really dug. I just thought that was great. That, that was like to me. That was my favorite thing they did in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Was referred to them as that. I, I, to me, I just I thought that was great because it was just a a little a little touch. Yes. Um, that really gives you the stakes. You're able to empathize with them more. Like it, it does a it paints a better picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I was uh, not sure where I stand on how much I like this movie. Uh I think I think I saw Aaron say something he thought it was the uh the best Marvel movie ever and he also said no hyperbole, you know how Aaron is. Yeah. Um and he may genuinely believe that. There's a lot of people who genuinely believe that. Yeah, I mean I I won't blame you if you think it is. Or I wouldn't say like you're being hyperbolic. Yeah. I, I will I say not. Aaron is being hyperbolic cuz he always is. But <laughs> I do I I do not think it is the best but what do you um, still think the do you still think the best is winter soldier or one of the guardians my, my wheelhouse lies elsewhere yeah uh for me it's like a 1a 1b with guardians of the galaxy and winter soldier i think are like my 1a 1b as far as my favorites uh but yeah, black panther is i could easily i mean that's easily i think maybe like a top five it's I mean, it is, in fact, very, very good. I think the thing that... There's just something missing. I think the... Well, for me, for me, what it was... And I don't have superhero fatigue. I'm... As I I think I said before, I'll get fatigue when they start making things that are bad. And they're not there yet, obviously. They're not done making good movies yet, so there's... Uh, I, I think there's still a ways to go. Uh, there's still some opportunities for pitfalls, but they haven't hit one yet, really. Not a not a big one. Uh, for me, 
what sort of stops this from hitting the upper echelon, I think maybe more than anything is sort of just timing, I guess. Uh, cause they, the story they tell is they tell the story of this movie. Well, and the performance it's, it's well acted. The performances are very good, but it's just one of those things where they kind of stuck to famous comic book storytelling mm-hmm. tropes. So you've got, uh, the noble, the, the noble villain, the villain with the noble cause, but his views are too extreme for you to stand by. He's also a, a, an exact mirror of the superhero, and he has the same suit as the superhero, and the same powers as the superhero, and uh, they're mirror opposites of one another. And it, it's one of those things that we've sort of seen a lot of. And maybe if this was one of the earlier Marvel movies, I think this would have blown me away far more. But I feel like we've seen a lot of those stories. And maybe the the base for the story, because the base for the story is far more fascinating in that Wakanda is an isolated country because of the vibranium they have has allowed them to advance far past any other country. But they also have a distrust of other countries because, you know we have a tendency to take things that don't belong to us. So they're an isolated country. When Michael B. Jordan's character discovers uh, all of this, you know, his anger is immediately, why aren't you helping everybody who's black around the world? Do you not watch the news? Do you not see the shit we have to deal with everywhere else? You could help all of us. We could be the ones in charge. Why aren't you doing this? And, like, you can see his motivations and where they're coming from, and you're with him until he's like, we should take over everything. You know, it's the, it's, you know, the pretty standard. He wants to become the thing that he hates, and he doesn't see it. Uh, But it's from a fascinating perspective. And I think that's what ends up really driving it. Well, okay, so it's not the only thing. I think it's it's an argument that you've never seen presented in one of these movies. Absolutely, that is that is for and that's, that's a fact. yeah. Like yeah. you said, like all the things you named about like tropes that you see and archetypes, mm-hmm. yes. um, but you've never seen it be for arguments like that, which is why no. the movie is really compelling. Yes, that's why it holds together really well. Well, that's not the only reason why it's really good. It's also really good because it is visually fresh and from an audio sense also fresh. Yeah, I mean, some of the really visuals sound. I thought looked bad. Um, okay. The, the dark for me the for me it was the it was more of a lighting CGI. thing and it was yeah. at the end <laughs> the dark CGI fight in the train tunnel or yeah whatever. I mean they're We've both wearing black and the only thing I can tell apart is purple color and gold yeah. color yeah uh, that I was... give them I give them half credit because usually the fight scene at the end of the movie would be all in a dark tunnel with CGI things fighting each other with but half rhinos. of this fight yeah but half of this fight scene is out in the daylight with two clashing armies and giant war rhinos and uh you know that was actually great i thought that part was awesome yeah, that was to me the best to me the best fight scene is the casino fight yep uh and after you i don't know if you've seen the ryan coogler video where he breaks down how they made it it's even cooler hmm. because he talks about uh i'm sure you can find it somewhere uh he uh, literally sits down with like a telestrator or something and like freeze frames it and like highlights stuff. And he's talking about, you know, tiny little things that nobody in the audience will pick up on, like how 
uh, all of the characters are wearing different colors to represent uh, um, a United African flag or something, uh, and how they use various uh, colors for various storytelling meanings. And these are all things that most viewers do not pick up on, but it's artistic stuff that artists can't help but throw in there. Like, this color represents this, and this represents that. Uh, and once you learn about it, it, it makes it more... Uh, it makes it a little bit deeper. At least you understand where the, the artist is coming from. But he talks about some of the shots that they did. A couple of the shots are really interesting and really cool. Uh, I think there's a shot where they kind of go back up yeah. to the balcony where... Um, oh, my God, I can't remember her name. Um, from The Walking Dead. Uh, Denai Guerrera is up there fighting with guys. And basically they send the camera up on a zip line and when it gets up there, there's a dude who like grabs it and goes back into handheld mode. Uh, just a bunch of really cool stuff. I mean, it's it was my favorite scene before I saw Ryan Coogler break it down, but uh, watching him break it down, it was, it was even cooler. He talked about how the music played a part. And yeah, musically, this doesn't sound like any of the other Marvel movies. I, I really all. didn't know that Kendrick Lamar did the music to this, it until the credits. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize it either. I mean, I heard him. But I just mm-hmm. thought, oh, they're using the Humble album because it came out last year. I didn't realize yes. they were new songs. <laughs> he did like the, yeah, he did the whole soundtrack. Uh, and for the most part, it looks, for me, visually, it was the best thing since Guardians of the Galaxy, where they sort of took you to a new place and showed you things you've never seen before, except they did it on Earth, which I guess is the upside of placing it in a fictional country that doesn't really exist. Uh, and one that's technologically, secretly technologically more advanced than anything else. Uh, it looked really cool. All the designs were cool. I really like that they do the, the, how you become king. He has to like depower himself. Yeah. And it's a straight up who's really the best hand to hand fighter, which, you know, on second guess after Killmonger won and became king of Wakanda, Maybe they should start rethinking that this whole just because a dude might win one fight doesn't necessarily mean he's good enough I to mean, run the country. I mean, for how advanced they are, it is weird that their politics seem to have stunted a couple of uh, yeah. centuries. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm sure they would argue that it's you know a traditional tie to their roots, which yeah, I understand. But, you know, you that's know, like saying you need to have a monarchy in England because you've always you had know, one. Glenn. You know, Glenn. I think secretly this movie is talking about Trump winning the presidency because they're sticking to their Wakandan roots, a, a, a system He's that they have just what? used. I feel like they're secretly talking about the Trump presidency and follow me along here. So the, oh, okay. to, to become the King, they're following this old Wakandan tradition that seems ridiculously outdated to most thinking modern people, but it's their way and that's how they're doing it, much like the Electoral College. Uh, and then you've got this Killmonger guy who comes in who's clearly not really the best person to lead Wakanda as a nation, but he's an outsider with some radical ideas. And he's a populist because he gives the people what they wanted. Right, or at least he says he will. Which is his head. And he takes advantage. He essentially takes advantage of this old traditional system to become the leader. And then it turns out he's not such a great leader. <laughs> Maybe that's a stretch, but it certainly seems like an awfully big coincidence to me. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if they like they. In- 
Yeah, I don't know if they went that far into it, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I don't know they didn't take I don't credit know. for it after the fact. <laughs> I don't know. Watch that. What I don't know. Watch that Ryan Coogler video where he breaks down the scene. I mean, there's like reasons for like everything, like people's hair, everything. He's there's stories behind it all. I would not be surprised if that's something that they've put in there, or maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But I mean, they could have subconsciously, but I, I just mean yeah. I don't. It is interesting. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. Um, but ah, uh, well, we're just about we're going over we're going over time. Well, well, let's just say I'm right, and that's. I mean, I'll leave it up to Ryan Coogler. Maybe I'll just send this portion of the show to Ryan Coogler and be like, "Look, am I right about this, or am I reading too much into your movie about a superhero?" Wait, can I talk about my my two things I hated about this movie? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Well, I'll do a little nitpicky thing because I didn't hate it. I, it's fine. It's just uh, is Andy Circus becoming like somewhat Sean Bean, but in the oh, he's not the villain you think he's going to be. Maybe like he's going to get killed like Sean Bean always does, but yes. he's also gonna. It's not a trend yet. It needs to happen another time, uh, but it's definitely mm-hmm. happened twice. So. In a span of two months, so that's true. <laughs> well, I'm it was really if, uh, it, w- it, w- it was really great to see him free of dots on his face. Yeah, that was cool. I, it was nice to see his actual face. Yeah. Uh, but the two things: one is don't ever let Martin Freeman do an American accent again. It is grating. <laughs> it is so Turn, bad. It's a uh, turn you off, huh? No, it's just it's so obvious. Yeah. And kind of tied into him, but that sequence (laughs) where his shields go to 50% after two shots, and then we spend the next 10 fucking minutes of him getting Mm -hmm. shot, and it finally explodes. Yes. Like, like, there's a couple instances where I thought the editing was kind of shoddy, but that was Mm -hmm. the one where I was like, what? Yeah, that was a little, that did take a little too long. It was just weird that two shots, he got the 50. Yeah. I and figured then, he was going to sacrifice I told, himself. I told one of my friends that, and, they, and he said, well, maybe it was like when you get a Windows update, where like the first 97% is really fast, but that percent <laughs> takes forever. I was like, yes. yeah, I guess. Maybe that's what And I know it's part of the comics, but man, Vibranium, it's just whatever whatever you what need it to it do, do, it's like the best yep. plot device. Yeah, it's the Force, Glenn. It does whatever you yeah, need pretty, it to yeah, do. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, here's the only thing that but I, I didn't really have... hate that so much. It, I I think to me they didn't have to super explain it like with midichlorians, like they did yeah. just enough to be like, yeah, that's cool. Like I, I I I'm down with that. Here's the thing that stuck out to me the most. Uh, as a little crazy, uh, this movie is called Black Panther. It should be Chadwick Boseman's movie, and while he is good in this movie, and he is very good at playing T'Challa slash Black Panther. He felt, uh, com- he felt completely, I mean, the, the plot does revolve around him, but this felt like he was completely overshadowed by far more charismatic characters in his own movie. I mean, maybe that, maybe that's not his fault. Cause T'Challa always seems like a very stoic character. Yeah, I mean, he's like supposed to be the solid, like he's a, the foundation he needed to put everything mm-hmm. on. 
But uh, Letitia Wright as his sister Shuri was tons of fun, and she was meant to be like the tons of fun character. Yeah. She's the one that sort of doesn't feel like she belongs in that place. She feels like she belongs. She feels more Western, kind of. I guess. You know what I mean? Like she she feels like a she lives in Wakanda, but she feels like a character who lives in the United States. Yeah. Well, I mean she. She seems she did to like be a water... more open of wanting to yeah. venture she did out. A what are those? Yeah, she did a what are those joke, which, I mean, is probably not going to hold up well <laughs> over time. They didn't do a damn Daniel uh, joke, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Denai Guerrera, uh, she was... The general? Uh, yeah. She was the best part. I thought she was... She was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I thought Michael B. Jordan was absolutely crazy. Yeah, those because are the three for me. Three, he added a the freshness to it that was nice. Mm-hmm. I also, I mean, I also liked. Uh, like I also when they liked take the, the vibranium uh, axe and then he grabs mm-hmm. that mask. He's like, "Is that Rakan yeah. to do?" He's like, "Nah, I'm just feeling it." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm behind this guy." <laughs> you know who gets? Uh, I liked Lupita Nyong'o as well as uh, Nakia, his his ex, the the spy. Yeah, I wish they would have uh, given her more because I feel like agreed. A lot of that she did that was cool was yeah. always in comparison or paired up with uh, the general. Yeah, I just thought she was so badass that uh, I was. I was gonna say low uh, and my kind of like low key uh, standout for me was Winston Duke as Mbaku. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Who had who had like the best joke in the movie essentially about. Feeding them to your, to you know, I'm gonna feed you to my children, and then he's just like, "Ah, oh, we're vegetarians," <laughs> and then he just laughs at his own joke uproariously, and everyone is just kind of staring at him. It was so great. He was awesome. Yeah, he was great. Um, so anyway, I I really love this movie. Uh, I gave it four and a half. I think it's really excellent. Uh, do you have a score for Black Panther? Uh, I will say. An incredibly strong and solid four. Mm-hmm. Possibly four and a quarter. Yeah. But very strong at that. They did a good job. I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to go back. I will say your uh, election analysis uh, definitely softened some of issues I had with it. because mm-hmm. um, I never really thought of it that way and who get, who cares if you're right or wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I mean, that does literally, soften. Literally, that, I, that is that yeah. is a neat uh, interpretation of it that I didn't right. really consider. Literally, nobody take that seriously. I pulled it out of my ass, but it certainly seems all the pieces certainly seem to fit there. So, oh, you know, it's just uh, like uh, crisis actors. Sometimes it just fits, you know. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, well, the human brain. Glenn, no, I want to say uh, no. That is stupid. And I'm if you believe that, just <laughs> just stop. Just, well, no, no. We're just our reading. brains. Our our brains are trained to recognize patterns, and sometimes we go overboard and we see shit where shit isn't. Yeah, really, I've seen that. Doesn't really exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's not just that, but it's scientifically, our brains reward ourselves for recognizing patterns. You get a, you get like a rush of happiness or something whenever you, if your brain recognizes a pattern. So. Uh, if you're if you're hooked into seeing patterns where none exist, that might explain that might explain why your brain is still rewarding you, even though you're not. It feels like you found something, but you didn't really find anything. 
yeah, I would. I think it's a pretty strong recommendation if you like comic book movies. You don't even have to really be super into comic book movies to like this, but no, it's just uh, uh, it, it it's is a generally good movie. It's one of those things where I really liked it, but it just mm-hmm. there's just something missing to where I just think, man, it could have like yeah. transcended a comic book. The, movie. Yeah, it's the those ever elusive intangibles or whatever. Yeah, uh, that just aren't quite there. Uh, but they're in a lot of what we watch. So there's so many things I've given four and a half to or four and three quarters to where it's just, there's something missing. I can't even put my finger on it. Yeah, like it, I don't know what it is. It had its, it had its moments like of, it could have been a dark Knight type movie where it just doesn't feel like a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. And it just, for whatever reason, I, I really, to me, I think it's the ending of big rhino fight because I just thought that, Again, it's weird that we've seen this two times in a row with him having a thoughtful conversation on a cliffside. Um, yes. <laughs> but, you know, it, I just, I I like his graciousness that he has with him. Like, whenever he's not like, oh, you know, we'll let you live, blah, blah, and he's just like, yeah, you just keep me in jail. I don't want to live like that. But thanks. Yeah. And he just kills himself. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah, I like that. To be honest, I thought he was kind of a bit of an asshole saying, like, you know, bury me in the ocean with like the rest of the slaves who knew it was better to, to die free than to live in bondage. And it's like, he came off as more of an asshole to me there. Cause it sounds like a really noble and romantic thing to say when you're about to die. But you know, it, I mean, I don't think he ever spelled it out, but he almost sounded like he wanted to literally reverse things and put other people in bondage. Yeah. Just I think revenge. that was his plan. Yeah. Feel my which, pain. Yeah, 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 which is, he becomes the shitty thing that he, you know, hated so much. Um, but yeah, and and of course, at the end of the day, Wakanda decides that they can help not just black people around the world, but everybody around the world. Like, duh, they're, they're the most advanced country on the planet. Sure, he makes <laughs> Tony Stark look like the ShamWow guy. Yeah, that's, like, that's the only is, thing is, I felt like their tech was almost so a little far, too yeah. advanced. Almost cartoony, yeah. Yeah, like, he'll is back in two days. I mean, granted, look, I saw an old white guy pretty much just do, like, basic chiropractor on Bruce Wayne, he did, and he climbed yeah. out of a fucking hole. So, yeah, he did yoga. Like, yeah. I'm, willing to, I'm willing to go there with it. That's fine. Sure. But it did, it, 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 it certainly stretched the, it stretched the limits, but... Well, it's just uh, like, so yeah, eat I'll, this flower, have super strength, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, oh, um, it's bulletproof skin armor that comes out of this necklace perfectly. Like, I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I do like that his clothes always fell off whenever he put his suit on. That was a nice touch. Oh, yeah, like whenever he'd do the activation, the suit would come on and all the clothes would rip off or fall away. Or I, it looked like it burned a couple of times, and I was a little confused. Oh, yes. But I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they just come off. <laughs> Um, all right, well, that's the episode for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com, check out the archives of the show, and you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, just by searching for Cinema Geekly, and hit subscribe. That is it for Glenn Beauvais. I'm Anthony Lewis, and we will see you next time on another Cinema Geekly podcast. We own it. We own it. We own it.